good day all today we have with us uh, mudit dukkar he is an ex investment banker who transition to this really cool uh, innovative startup called onivation uh, which is uh, focused on building israeli tech companies india presence uh, so it's a really cool concept and uh, just to let our viewers know um, mudit received an admit from egc paris's prestigious mba program now uh, needless to say it's one of the best mba programs in the world you know uh, people coming from 60 nationalities about uh, with the with the very few intake of 290 people and the alumni is you know covering uh, all sectors and the c suite so it's great you know to be part of this program so mudit i'm going to hand over to you i just want to understand you know how did your professional journey unravel you know which led you to finally get into this prestigious uh, program for hcc paris where i know the admit age average admit age is about 30 years and you're one of the youngest people to get admitted so that's kudos to you man i just want to know your journey thank you thank you so my journey basically started from mumbai i did my undergrad in nmims mumbai school of economics where i did a bsc in economics minor in finance and uh, i got an opportunity to work with namura in their investment banking program in 2016 uh, they came to our campus for placements and uh, they recruited three of three of us from there so i was only one from bsc economics to get admitted uh, that batch so you know i was feeling pretty good about it but to be honest when i entered namura i had no idea about investment banking or uh, you know what namura really does what what my role would entail what would be asked of me so but luckily that on day 1 we were told that the learning curve is going to be very steep so i was mentally prepared that i was i would have to learn a lot of things and pick up uh on how to work under high pressure environments because as i'm sure you know uh, investment banking environment has tight deadlines high pressure and a large quantity of work something that uh, i was not very used to right out of college you know in college even though economics was not the easiest of courses but the workload was nothing compared to what i would face in the real life Right. So starting off with a good training program, and uh, I was lucky enough to join the Equity Solutions team, which was focusing on the EMEA business. I learned quite a lot. I learned so much in that company, not only about finance, but more so about how to work with larger teams, how to work across country organizations, and the entire thing. A team which is focused on something that I have never known anything about. So more than just you know, I would say. people usually look at investment banking look at namura and they say that it could be a desk job you know you're sitting behind a computer you're making excels you're making ppts you're trying to understand financial concepts right, right. but if you really look at it it is so much more than that essentially every experience you know that i've had is uh, what i've made out of it or anybody for that matter every experience that you have every learning that you have is something that you have to take out of it on one hand you could just sit and uh, think that i'm making an excel i'm making a ppt how is this adding value to me on the other hand you can see you can say that i am working with a team which is based somewhere out in another continent i am working with people who are from very prestigious colleges around me and i'm spending my entire day with them right right so essentially i live by the principle that everything in your life is about people as we go move on i'll tell you about my mba journey and my decision to do an mba was largely driven by people because you are the average of the five people around you everything that you do your financial habits your eating habits your sleeping habits your personality traits your characteristic everything is defined by people around you right, right so i was lucky enough to be surrounded by a very very bright set of people around me at namura and that is the takeaway i took 
even the mentors and my managers everybody i had were very helpful and very uh, supportive of every decision i wanted to take after a certain point after a couple of years i was i was doing pretty well at equity solutions i had my targets uh, met and i was uh, really re- all ready to move on to london for my next chapter that's when i realized that i i started asking myself you know everybody goes through that stage in their life i feel where they start questioning what is it that i really want to do what is what should be my next step what should be the next chapter of my life and i started asking myself is do i really want to be an investment banker when i'm 50 for example do i see myself working at nomura when i'm 50 or would i be doing something else and i figured i might change my career at some point in my life so i might as well do it now while i'm young and while i can take a risk why not experiment now rather than stick around and then it would be difficult for me to change careers later point in my life so i after consulting with my managers after speaking to my peers i just quit my job without any plan so i didn't know what to do next what was coming next i just uh, took this leap of faith all right all right around time <clears throat> you know everything the grass is always green on the other side right when you when you have a <clears throat> job in namura you wish you had something else but when i look back and i was constantly doubting myself did i do should i have just got stayed back will i be able to hack it anywhere else of course i think it was just natural for me to feel those things and everybody would feel those if um, it was i was making a so at that point in my career i just asked around met a few people saw what opportunities were going around that's where i met uh, saket agarwal who's the founder of innovation and i actually just went to him for some advice and i asked him uh, this is what i've done so far this has been my background what do you think i can do i knew him through a common connection so i asked him just general life questions what would you suggest i do can you connect me somewhere uh, i had a very conversation with him around an hour hour and a half and the next day he calls me and tells me look we also want to expand and uh, we'll just start we started and uh, you know why don't you come on board let's try it out let's see how it goes and it will be fun so okay. i jumped on board on vision now when i jumped on board on innovation keep in mind i had no idea about technology i had no idea about startups i had no idea about how businesses are run about front end businesses about uh, i honestly thought cloud literally meant cloud at that time okay. uh, cyber security data science mm-hmm. everything was so new to me and because it was a startup and we were very limited on resources we didn't have a big team uh, everybody had to do everything right it was just three of us back then and uh, we had to do everything so my first week my first week into innovation i had to go to israel oh. with the senior delegation of mintra mintra uh, is the largest online fashion platform and right. eight people right. from mintra c suite including the ceo cto cmo cfo all of those people went to israel with us we were taking their delegation to make them meet uh, all sorts of solutions all sorts of startups and companies so a lot of people in the organization they had a different set of problem statement every team has a different problem statement so the cto had a different problem he had to solve the cmo had a different problem the ceo had a different problem and our job was essentially to make sure <clears throat> all their problems are met with some solutions in israel because israel actually just to give you a little bit of background about israel before i jump into what i did and what i did uh, basically do over there uh Israel basically is a pioneer in technology. It uh, is a small country of around 8 million people and uh, the reason why they are so advanced in technology is that they don't have such good neighbors, right? They don't have very friendly neighbors and they don't have a lot of natural resources. So they essentially have to rely on technology, rely on human resources to make sure the country is safe 
and is always advancing everybody has a compulsory military training that they have to go through wow and yeah it's around 3 years so everybody is mandated to go through that military training where everybody is given a training into cyber security and it because that is one of the country's uh, largest resource to say and uh, when they when they leave the army usually they do a four month break most of them come to india so if you ever go to the trails around parvati valley to manali if you go to goa you'll see a lot of israelis who come there right after their uh, army service and half of them go to south america okay so after this uh, after this break that they get they most a lot of them join the high tech community uh, they join they start up their own companies and uh, since tech is very inbred over there it's some there is some good talent to be found there so if you see a lot of big companies amazon facebook google microsoft all of them have huge r and d centers there and even budding startups in india like flipkart has bought a company and uh, in israel a lot of companies a lot of startups in india i don't know how many of us know this but a lot of startups in india rely on israeli technology to function their back end is made stronger by israeli technology and i'll tell you why it's interesting because uh, israel being a small country they do not have the market in israel right because it's a small country and technology is a high ticket item usually they sell to europe and us markets because their investors are from there they get a lot of investment from there so naturally their customers come from there and uh, they do not have the marketing and sales capabilities to enter asian markets to enter india not all of the companies so they really focus on b2b technologies they focus on back end technologies because that is what the country is all about whereas in india if you look at indian startups if you look at the top few startups in india let's say flipkart paytm zomato swiggy to name a few all of them are b2c startups all of them are consumer facing startups right hardly any startups right you're right hardly any back end startups right. right so this is where there's a gap Israel is such a pioneer in B2B startups in uh, B2B technology in back end technology and India is so strongly focused on B2C there is of course a natural relation between the two countries right the technology there is a supply and there's a demand mm-hmm. it's very natural and this gap wasn't being bridged by a lot of people and uh, that is where we come in as innovation that is where we bridge the gap so we provide indian companies with access to israeli technologies which could re- which could really help them grow and we provide israeli companies with an access to the indian market which uh, they would not have had because they don't have that much sales or marketing expertise and that is what essentially we bring to the table and wow. honestly to be really candid with you is uh, naturally born with the sales and marketing talent if you talk to anybody they would be marketing something or the other right. so it I is a natural see that i can see that passion in you as well you know the way you express things <laughs> i can totally see that you know you're one of those guys who can actually sell anything to anywhere i guess because you have this <laughs> talent you know uh, for excelling in everything and more than saying this because i've also met you personally and you're one of the smartest guys i've actually met you know uh, okay this is being recorded as team you don't have to <laughs> just to like let you know that you performed excellently in your banking role you moved on to a very dynamic role Uh, where you have to understand and unlearn and relearn a lot of things, which you know, which you did very well, and you excelled and you learned something so much. And uh, you know, you're admitted to HEC Paris's MBA program, where the average is a thirty, and you are still like or twenty six. Is a testament, you know, that you've actually achieved so much in such little time. It shows, you know, the kind of uh, you know the the mind and the brilliance you possess, which you know even the admission officers saw in you. So and I think you answered a lot of my questions in your follow up questions already. Right. So I'll probably so I'll probably move on to next segment, you know, and I want to know your perspective now, you know, because you're one of the most experienced guys, you know, in this uh, in this space and you have the best knowledge I think available in, you know, in our circle. So I just want to understand 
that you know why did you end up uh, choosing a foreign mba over let's say uh, an indian mba for example isb why did you do, what are what is the difference between these uh, programs right so uh, interesting question and again like i said everything every decision that i take or you know i think everybody should take is surrounded and is revolves around people right now let's think about it for a couple of seconds in an indian mba which are the top colleges that you would go to let's say iims are there there is isb then if you go down a tier there is nmims and symbiosis and iift mdi gurgaon these are the colleges in india right look at the kind of people who go to these colleges in iims in india most of the people who go to colleges mba colleges in india are right out of undergrad right correct so when i go to a college like this i will be surrounded by people who have just had undergrad experience at right. least most of them right, right? in iim and the government institutes i think 80 to 85% of the people are from engineering backgrounds right if you notice there's a large trend of iitians going to iims so if i go to a college where i want to learn a lot of things right i am going back to school to learn a lot new things that i don't know and diverse things but if i am surrounded by a similar kind of group a similar peer set who do not really have a real world experience it is not really a good good idea for me to go there because the reason me doing an mba is to make sure i learn something that i cannot learn otherwise is to learn something very unique and very varied right. so that can only happen where i'm surrounded by five very different kind of people very different to me but if you look at the subset that goes to indian mba colleges right out of graduation with very little to no work experience mostly engineering background so i don't think that is a very good mix that i would want to be in because that's essentially if you don't have any experience in real world you are going to the mba university just to study right it's mostly academics you've only been exposed to academics so far and right. what you will take out of it is mostly academics right another reason i'll tell you is uh, i okay forgive me for being politically incorrect but i'm just going to be very honest here when i i did the interview with isb right and uh, i had uh, they asked me some questions they asked me technical questions they asked me questions about academics they asked me questions to solve some uh, analytical question they asked me to solve a puzzle things like that now i uh, then i started to think the kind of people who would be able to answer these questions would go to indian universities right so people who are technically sound mm-hmm. so let's say if i could solve a mathematical formula i am eligible to enter isb and if that is the criteria that people have to cross to get into a college you can understand that people who are good in academics will be in isb or will be in any other indian institute isb is just an example here so in any other indian institute but i don't want to go to an mba just to be surrounded by academics got it i want got to go it. there to get a wholesome experience and that is what i get in an in an mba which i get abroad people got who have 5 4 to 5 years of work experience from all sorts of work background all sorts of ages every country and uh, that is essentially the experience that i wanted to get because that is what i feel will make my time my investment worth it right and interesting thing you mentioned you know uh, you are actually you know the basic of the average of five people you meet and uh, since you are going to hgc paris where people come with very diverse experience you know people have army background people have come from medical exactly. background and different industries coming together and they're not like people who've uh, just tried cracked an exam and made it like you know for example a cat right. uh, i i totally see you know you would be probably one of the people one of the youngest people to go with a lot to learn as well which i think i totally see that as well you know since uh, you have an amazing work ex making it so young and uh, of course you know the all the differences you brought out were pretty relevant uh, so now here i just want to understand you know since your work involves you know working with uh, these cool innovative uh, you know these high growth israeli tech startups 
uh, you understand entrepreneurship really well so i just want your thoughts on do you do you feel uh, for someone who's starting out his own venture do you think mba is something that is uh, that is essential or is necessary or someone without an mba might just be better suited for entrepreneurship just want your take on this uh i don't think there is a someone is better suited for entrepreneurship if they have an mba or not but i will absolutely say that it is not necessary okay. an mba is absolutely not needed to start an entrepreneurial journey and honestly you just need to have the determination and a good idea to start off and uh, if you really honestly are waiting to get and get a degree or you know to get some qualification before you venture out around and down that path then you haven't really put a lot of thought into it and you're not convinced yourself if you are convinced yourself that i am you know i should just start off just start off with an idea and if you look at a lot of startups most of the startup founders uh, successful startups they don't have an mba a lot of them are dropouts yeah. if you look at the yeah. global yeah. list right a lot yeah. of them are dropout which means and essentially even after an mba the things that you would learn in real world business in uh, no matter what degree you do the things that you have learned when you are actually on the front field you cannot replace it there is no substitute for that so no matter how many degrees you do you will not be able to replicate it so my answer to that my very simple answer is no an mba is not needed really you just need to have a good will and you know and that spirit that i'm able to take a risk i want i'm able to follow my passion uh, passion could be anything entrepreneurial journey could does not necessarily mean like a business if i am a photographer and i can start a photography page and i can run it very well that's also an entrepreneurial venture so if uh, and i really don't need an mba for that right so i i would definitely not you know i would definitely say that an mba is not a necessity to do it however if you are looking to explore new things where you where you want to see meet a lot of people like i said everything is about people right everything that you do is about people everything around you so if you want to see how you can improve yourself if you want to push yourself if you want to see yourself push through every aspect of life and figure out a lot of things and see what direction you want to choose that mba is the best path to explore according to me right and there are a lot of reasons to do an mba but the most important is are you there are only two reasons actually to do an mba either you really know why you want to do an mba if it's going to help you with your career path or you really don't know what path you should take because you have so many options and you want to explore and meet all sorts of people so these are the reasons i would definitely think are meant for an mba but not definitely to start an entrepreneurial venture right no i i totally i totally get it also like i know one of the reasons why people go for mbas for example either they want to they fed up with their job they're not having enough growth or you know uh, one of the other reasons which someone told me was people want to change industries like let's say you are in marketing now you want to go to let's say sales so mba is yep. you know a career switcher as well uh, and since you understand the process of you know preparing for you know an mba program i uh, this is where i want to uh, you know uh, follow up on this question and ask you uh, how did you start your preparation for uh, mba and what would be the advice you know some of the some can you please share some tips you know someone who's starting out you know to explore mba programs and he wants to make it to one of the top programs you know just like you did what should a guy like the, this guy should do right so um, firstly i think the first and foremost reason which everybody will tell you is to know your why i mean even simon senex says it that uh, know your why you know you should know why you want to do an mba and honestly i believe if a, if enough people just put in their time and effort to think about it and to ask the relevant people and research online they will find out that they will know very easily why they want to do an mba and if not why not 
right. and uh, that is step one of course like you mentioned uh, people are fed up of their jobs they want to switch industries but mba is not the only way to get rid mba is not the only solution to those problems right right mba is one of the solutions to those problems right so my first first tip to anybody doing an mba is to know your why know why you want to do it because it's a significant investment of your time and money and energy and resources so you want to make sure i mean see nobody can really be sure what will come out of it until you go for it a lot of people are bogged down by the idea that you know if i invest my time here what will i get are you sure you'll get a good roi are you sure this idea will work out honestly you can't really be 100% sure about most things in life right things just you have to take it with the flow and you have to make sure that opportunities come your way and you're opportunistic and you go for it so i also when i was applying for my mba first thing i did was figured out spent a lot of time understanding why i want to do it next once i figured out why i want to do it what i want to take out of the course how it will benefit me and honestly once if you put enough time and thought into it it's not that difficult once i got that i made a list of schools which suited my uh, needs best i asked around a lot of people if i should do it if the school is good what they recommend what they suggest got down my notes started uh, preparing for the application gmat you know most people get stuck at gmat they feel that i need to have a good gmat score also which is important to a certain degree but gmat is just the beginning gmat is just the first step towards it i believe that you should be focusing more time on writing your applications and your essays no matter what background you're from like you mentioned earlier right people are from army people are from creative fields people are from consulting they are from corporate they are from all across the world and everybody is getting into the same program which clearly goes to say that you do, there is no one path to do an mba right yeah. you can be from any background if your why is strong enough if your future goals meet uh, what you will get out of the college then you're a good fit which is why why i'm stressing again on the fact that why mba is the most important question which is the only question most colleges really care about hmm. how you fit in the second yeah. most thing that the colleges will care about is what value you will add to the class okay they want to make sure when they have a class let's say a class of 10 people they want to make sure that a class is very diversified so that 10 people get nine different kinds of learnings right that is also a major difference in indian and foreign mbas because the class the variety of people in the class will be very different and uh, the more things you and honestly i would not say that you go through the typical route of corporate jobs and then you will get to an mba or that will hurt or help your chances but whatever route will help you whatever you want to do your route should be aligned with that as long as the colleges can see an alignment i think you're a good fit for a college very even the point thing you mentioned was you know a very diverse uh, class size you have in the mba and uh, this is something i know because uh, of hand only a handful of intakes who get into hgc paris is you know 290 uh, strong batch about 93 people come from 93% of the people actually come from different nationalities which is just like amazing which i was like which was something when i read about i was like wow you know this is this actually that's the reason that you chose hgc which was which was which was great and this is where uh, you know since you've talked about mba preparation what was your process like which helped you and what might help other people uh, this is i have i have a question which i had for like quite a while like you know when i went to uh, you know education sector is now booming a lot of money is coming into it uh, and people have realized the importance of it and investing a lot of money into it uh, now this is where we've seen rise of education mba consultants as well mm-hmm. like i went to a school called dps argepuram where you know almost every other person was you know applying abroad through sats uh, you know having those admission consultants uh, paying them lakhs of money now i just want to understand has it become so competitive 
in today's time that you need a second set of hands to work on your application or is this something you can do it on your own if you dedicate enough time to it i mean let me ask you that question what do you think the answer to that is uh i think it depends on the person like let's say someone has like a lot of money in his hand you know and he thinks that you know he can get the best out of if someone else writes for him and you know he feels you know it might just help him because it's such a competitive world you know you get bogged down by work experience work as well because you know you're working professional so a lot of people hire them to write their own essays but uh, but this is just my take on it but i just want so, to understand your thing i i 100% think that this is something one person can do on their own also okay uh, they do not need to hire a consultant however hiring a consultant does have its advantages mainly two the first and foremost thing is they save a lot of time if i were doing it myself i would have to do a fair bit of research about colleges their intake what kind of profiles they are accepting kind of people who are already studying there getting connected to them uh if i want to apply for aid or scholarships what is the process what kind of essays i should write although i can do all this research on my own consultants have already done it for so many other people right mm-hmm. so they will save my time and second is the experience that they bring because if they have been doing it for hundreds of students they know what works and what doesn't right so while i think that uh, it is entirely possible to do it on your own to save time i would suggest it's worth the money i mean if you are a working professional you probably don't have that much time you are always bogged down with your job and you know how hectic work can get right i mean to find time to do other things outside work it's sometimes a challenge and most of the people in the early stages of their career are working weekends they are working long hours especially in banking so they they find that there is a lot of value in hiring someone who will save their time and honestly i don't see anything wrong with it because anything that saves you time is worth the money right, right. it is saving me time it is getting me the experience and essentially every essay that will go out will be my own the consultant can just give me some pointers uh, but the essays will be my own the story will be my own and i have to defend everything in an interview anyway hmm Got so it. interview is also a very important process uh, a part of the process so a consultant can help you but interview you will be alone right so got you it. need to make sure that uh, everything is on point on point got it got it uh, thanks for providing this perspective mudit uh, this is where you mentioned about work experience and how hectic sometimes banking can get now uh, i i want to touch upon one of the classic debates you know which a lot of people especially in india they have in their minds uh, when you applying to let's say one of the best b schools Where you know every little thing matters from essays to grades to like work experience. Uh, I want to understand how do business schools view you know working for an unknown you know like a small firm which is uh, fairly unknown compared to a bigger firm like KPMG's or like you know Goldman Sachs of uh, of the world. So what is your take on that and how do business schools view these kind of experiences? So there are a couple of ways. I think there are two ways that schools would view it. It actually really depends on the school. For example. if i had to apply to a school like ncrt and right. if i do a little bit of research you see that most of the people in ncrt are uh, go there after 6 to 7 years of work experience True. most of them are from corporate backgrounds largely being consulting and then banking consulting largely and right. most of the people who get placed also are into consulting so ncrt actually is a career advancement college just an example here right so if i were a consultant in a tier 2 firm and i would want to go to a tier 1 firm or maybe learn a little bit more about consulting ncrt is the right fit for me and that is how they will select their students however if i have to apply to a school like hec which is more on the entrepreneurial side not completely but a little more on the entrepreneurial side 
they would be more welcoming to people from various backgrounds okay. and various work experiences okay. so also okay. which is also one of the reasons why i wanted to choose hc over ncr because again the variety in the class lbs another school is uh, focuses a little more on grades on marks because that is the kind of course they have that is the kind of faculty they get that is the kind of kind of students they want to have in their batch mm-hmm. again a little bit of variety varieties everywhere in every batch but you know to what degree and what is it that you're looking for so if i'm coming from a small background if a small firm or a startup if my story fits in well that is a, this is a second point if one is from the what the school is all about different schools have sort of different kind of flavor to them number two is uh, again to back this example a little more if i were applying to us schools and i wanted to go into the startup world or the tech world schools on the west coast would be better for me because they are closer to silicon valley they would want students with that kind of profile with that kind of career path with that kind of goals if i were going to more more towards banking or finance schools let's say new york or the east coast that would be very better for me because that's closer to wall street so that's how the recruitment happens that's how talent is hunted and that is how the schools will decide what kind of background students should come from so essentially number one is school number two is why mba again if i if the reason for doing my mba is going to just help me move on my startup path for example or my entrepreneurial path uh then definitely a stronger a strong story a strong story is much better than a strong background if you know what i mean if my story fits in well if my reason for doing an mba is strong enough if the school also aligns with what i want what school what schools are looking for is also a part of the story so if everything is aligned with what i want to do where i want to go and the schools are uh supportive of that then that essentially is the only reason that uh, only only thing that matters it does not matter the kind of background i am from it only matters where i want to go and if the school is school can help if i can help the school uh they, they also want that the class is a uh, has a lot of value different people come there and people they usually look for people who they think will be a little more successful once they pass out again nobody can really say if you'll be successful or not right. but to some degree it does matter if you can convince the school that your course is going to help me and i will do good then nothing better than that story right interesting right right and i think it's a great perspective of you know like uh, going for a bigger role in a small firm versus going for a bigger firm but a smaller role and it's very well said uh, mudit um moving on to the question which uh, which which is which is something uh, i it's been going around a lot you know these days you know startup experience Uh, is really glorified, you know. Having startup experience, you learn a lot. But this is only startups which do well. But there are also startups who yeah. are just not, you know, they're not the high growth startups which offer you the kind of learning. So I'm just trying to uh, make sense of the fact when you know, uh, when if I want to go for let's say a startup job where I want to learn, accelerate my learning, like you, what kind of startups should I be looking for? See, uh, this is a question only I think. a person can answer for themselves i mean i will not be able to tell you you should go for a startup in fintech or you should go for a edtech company or you should go for uh, a pharma tech company those answers uh, i cannot give because that is very personal for me i wanted to explore a little bit in the technology world so i figured onivision would be a good bet for me however i would like to highlight one point you know high growth or low growth or successful or unsuccessful the learning curve will always be steep in a startup especially more if you know if it's an unsuccessful startup okay. you there'll be a lot of lot more struggle a lot more hustle the hustling is everywhere in the startup world the smaller it is the more you hustle exactly. the harder you have to work but uh, i don't think there's a right startup or a wrong startup essentially and you think about it a smaller startup 
let's say you are the fourth or the fifth person joining the startup right you're part of the founding team and uh, you join you have 20% of the responsibility to make sure that the startup does well right so that kind of responsibility that so if the startup is not doing well or doing well really a lot of it really depends on you when you join a smaller startup which is not doing well in a startup a lot of people everybody in a smaller i'm talking i'm not talking about startups like zomato or flipkart talking about startups because a work a job at flipkart and zomato is essentially secure right at this point uh, i would not call them i mean these companies are going for an ipo so i would not call them uh, startups in uh, technical yeah right right uh, you know, like, so, yeah. yeah exactly most of these companies that we hear about are they are not really the right set of examples to give uh, because they have so much backing right now and they have so much consumer dependency that uh, it will be very difficult to think of them as startups that can fail coming to a smaller set of startups which can fail you know a lot of 90% of the startups fail essentially and uh, the learning curve is steep and i will not say that you know it is a good thing or a bad thing again everything will come down to what you want but i personally think a uh, startup experience is really 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 enriching and really enlightening having said that uh, the path that i took i started off with a corporate uh, job at banking and then moved to a startup honestly i did not know better out of college i did not know what i really wanted where i wanted to go i want i had some inclination towards finance namura was a good opportunity that came my way so i went there then then i started asking questions then i started figuring out uh, you know a little bit of things but uh, having a corporate experience on your cv also adds a lot of value so my essentially my suggestion would be to do a little bit of corporate you know spend a little bit of time in corporates spend a little bit of time in larger enterprises and then come to the startups because that is where i'll be able to add a lot more value to the startup if i have a little bit of experience working like i said in the beginning of this session that you know when i worked at nomura what did i learn what were my takeaways how do large companies function how to work with teams how to work with teams across the globe because i learned all these things i could implement it in innovation right? right working with people right. at in israel who are you know different country different culture working with people i'm essentially working with countries outside israel also a lot of european companies and because i had so much experience at nomura i could implement it over here i could help innovation I could add more value here because I had that backing. And Another I, point, I think, right. just and one I, last point, sure, sure, sure. why corporate uh, could be helpful is, you know, a lot of recruiters in the large companies they look at your CV, they see where you're coming from, and that is how they judge you. A lot of them do, like it or not, it is the reality. Right. So if I want to, if I start off with a startup and then I want to apply to, let's say, MBB, you know, BCG, Bain or McKinsey, they might not look very, very favorable to me if the startup isn't doing well. right and i mean it's very difficult for me from a from a fledgling startup to go into an mbb however if i come from a corporate background it is easier for me to go to a startup right so if i start corporate i can go startup but if i start from a startup it is difficult a little more difficult for me to go into a corporate I so see. i would say spend some time in corporate get that experience get that on your cv if cv is also important if you're looking to go into the job market after that get that done then go to the startup essentially you're securing yourself a little bit and also adding more value to the startup i understand right and you know uh, there was something i just wanted to mention you know when you the kind of learnings you brought you emphasized a lot uh, throughout the interview on people skills you know it's all about right. the people and i think this is one of the biggest takeaways at least for me you know uh, wherever you want to succeed it's going to be people you know how you have to influence them how you work with them build relationship with them work in right. a team which is very important and you know and you know i think you're one of the best people to like you know to like understand it and you know implement it in your like on the job 
and uh, so i think i've understood a lot about the choices you made and learnings you've had uh, in the past now uh, mudit i want to take you further and i want to understand uh, where does mudit dugar want to be uh, in the next 5 years where do you see yourself uh, <laughs> so i have been personally asking that question to myself a lot and uh, honestly given how 2020 went I don't think there can be an answer to that question. If you had asked someone, where do you think your life is going to be in 2015? Had you asked someone where your life is going to be in 2020, right. they would have so many answers, right? They would say, "I want to do this, I want to do that." Now, nobody's plans worked out in 2020, right? Nothing really happened. So then, that is when I realized, like thinking about what will happen later, what's going to happen. I know what I want to do next. I know what I what I feel like doing next. What is the next good thing for me? What is the next right thing for me? What is my next step? but what is the step after that what is the step after three moves after that is something that i have not spent a lot of time thinking because essentially no matter what i think about is not going to pan out when i start if you had asked me this question earlier uh, i would have said i would have i want to do an mba so essentially from an mba builder network uh, spend some time uh, working there and then start my own venture based on the contacts and on the learnings i have start my own venture either from abroad or from india depending right. on where i get opportunity right. and uh, right now if you ask me that is something that i still want to do but i'm not really thinking too much about it or betting on it because you never know right nobody saw 2020 That's nobody saw what was coming so you can never see what's happening in the future and essentially uh, there's no point investing time in thinking about what might happen what you want to do just think about the next best move the next thing one step and then that will automatically lead to somewhere you know you've seen that steve jobs interview right nothing makes sense going forward everything makes sense when you look back you connect the dots going yeah exactly going so back. i mean these are principles that 2020 has really enforced on me you know embossed on me that these are things you should actually think about wow this was uh, really insightful you know um it's <laughs> a really great insight you just brought out right now for taking life step by step and you know then figuring it out just having the right intentions the right plans and hoping for the best uh so mudit uh thanks again you know for you know being on our uh, channel and sharing these amazing insights uh with the community thank you so much mudit i wish you all the luck uh going ahead thank you for having me thank you so much thank you